Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hour number two, Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. About to be joined by John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com, all things NFL. Uh, that's coming up in about 10 minutes from now. An hour from now, it is the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll talk balls, Titans as they begin preparations uh, starting yesterday, but really starting tomorrow for the Arizona Cardinals in week one uh, coming up at Nissan Stadium this Sunday. That's in an hour from now. We will talk Vanderbilt as well and their loss to ETSU. Um, All of that and more coming up. Uh, Guys, the week two schedule, if you look at the slate of games, it's traditionally an ugly slate of games for college football. We do have Oregon and Ohio State on the schedule. Texas and Arkansas, which will be the Fox and Outkick bus stop down in Fayetteville this week um, with with Clay. That's coming up this Saturday, Friday and Saturday. And Washington against Michigan. Um, You've got Iowa-Iowa State also, which is going to be a big-time matchup after Iowa dismantled Indiana, uh, two two top 20 teams playing each other in week one. Yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah, and that's a rivalry game between two, one top 10 team, I think, in Iowa State or borderline, and then... Iowa in the top 20. That, that'll be a good one. Th- those are good ones. We'll talk Tennessee Pitt. Yeah. That's probably on down a layer. There are uh, also some really bad games, yeah, too. Yeah, good matchup of uh, programs. Mississippi State and NC State, which I was surprised to see Mississippi State was a favorite, to be honest with you. I think a two- or three-point favorite in that game. So some sneaky good matchups uh, this week, but certainly nothing like week one. Paul, you were here for U.S. soccer on Saturday, Sunday night, excuse me, Sunday evening. Yeah, um, had a good time with the family and uh, friends, uh, except for John Brooks's damn ball watching. On uh, you know, Canada's better than it's been, and uh, and we're not off to a good start. The U.S. Uh, John Brooks watched a, a ball come up the left side, and his responsibility is the guy running with him. He ran with him, and then he decided to stop, and he watched the ball come right in front of him, and he literally was with the guy, with the guy, stopped, watched the ball go right to the guy and watched the guy tap it in. Uh, the U.S. was up one nothing, and then the U.S. was tied 1-1. It was a very difficult, sluggish, slogging effort from the U.S. that did not move the ball fast enough throughout the, the game. Uh, it probably didn't deserve more than a tie, though um, Pulisic hit a post earlier that uh, had that gone in. Um, then they would have been in, in position to go up 2-0 and, and wouldn't have lost, uh, couldn't have lost if they were up 2-0. Look, two games in, should have won one of them, should have won the second one. Weston McKinney totally screwing the U.S. with a violation of some team rule related to COVID. He did this at Juventus, had a party, and got suspended by Juventus for breaking a team rule there, has done it here. Serious enough that he got sent home, so he's not playing in Honduras on Wednesday night either. A key guy for them, really helping screw us. 
And, uh, you know, this is the first three-game set. But, um, you know, going to be very hard to win in Honduras. And they're going to come out of it probably with three points, three draws, not good enough. What does that mean, though? What does three points mean as you try to qualify for the World Cup? We play everybody home and home here. Uh, where does it, it, where eight do, games or nine Where do we games? need to be as a country to qualify? Well, uh, I, I'm not sure how many points it's going to take, but you've got to basically, you know, if you win at home and draw on the road, you're in very good shape. And there are a lot of games. I was looking at the schedule. Yes. There are several games still to, still to be played. And Canada's gotten better. It's not over by any means, but you'd like to storm out of the gate and do well at the beginning to ease the pressure of the things going on. These games on the road in Central American countries are you know, slog fest on purpose. Teams down there generally beat you up. Referees do you no favors. And it's very difficult to score and to get any kind of rhythm going. Canada, quite frankly, played like that. Mm. We're on the ground constantly. You get a direct kick. A guy stands there until the referee moves you off, which is just, you know, you got to give the guy 10 yards. They should be immediately giving yellow cards when you're doing that. Who are the officials in these Central American countries that are used? Well, they're from other countries of CONCACAF. I don't know where the countries, uh, where the refs were from. So is it just human nature that you get down there and you side with the home team? Uh, Yeah, generally it seems that way. It seems like there should be a college football type system where Big Ten officials come in and call the you know Georgia Clemson game yeah, for instance I, I would love that you get a different conference give us South American officials yeah. or, or or something else but it's a slog it was too difficult I have to say because I was so hard on Nissan Stadium um, we got in with absolute ease I didn't go to the concession stands because as I told you we pigged out before the game with no anticipation but our friends did go to get some candy and stuff they had no weight or whatever only 40 about 45,000 people so I hope they do the same thing for a Titans game at Nissan Stadium here in in Nashville for potentially 68,000 people on Sunday when the Titans host the Cardinals but a massive improvement from my experience versus what a lot of people were saying about the Titans preseason game against the Bears U.S. Soccer Wednesday night against Honduras I think it's only on Paramount Plus which is going to frustrate the hell out of me and get me to buy Paramount Plus for a night uh, a month subscription for for one game which would be annoying as hell Um, good showing by the fans that were there you know uh, the American outlaws who come from all over the country to every game and bang their drums and conduct the sing-alongs and all of that gives it a big time feel my son miserable that the canadians were just fake injury like crazy and (laughs) then damn canadian oh look at the miracle he's up he's fine uh really annoyed lebowski wants to know how was rodizio grill before the game rodizio grill is closed so the brazilian steakhouse didn't happen we went mexican (laughs) (laughs) you didn't look into that before going you just assumed (laughs) No, Rodizio is going to be wide no, open. I, I saw it was closed. Oh, okay. so we made plans to Paul's go. Paul's Nashville instead. is like a 2011 Nashville. We yeah. went to Uncle Julio's. It really is. Oh, I'm frozen in time. How was the spaghetti factory? <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul we, only goes to places. Uh, did you go to Graham Central Station for a drink? Hol- after Holly and I, Holly, a one-time guest of our show, uh, uh, we researched together and, and came Nashville up with Uncle hopping. Julio's. Yeah. Uncle Julio's has a chocolate pinata that you smash and oh, yeah. fruit and. Yeah, uh, dessert. Other things fall out of it, and you dip it in chocolate sauce. It was delicious. Again, Paul hasn't been to. Uh, again, this is 2011 Nashville over here. He doesn't know about the chocolate. I don't pinata. know about 2011, but 2000. 
16. Had some, um, had some shots at Have a Nice Day Cafe after that also. Top we danced the night away. AP Top 25 is out. Georgia has jumped three spots to number two in the AP Top 25. Who did it jump? Um, Clemson fell four Oklahoma spots. fell two or three spots. And Ohio State. Yep. Ohio State jumped Oklahoma as well to reach number three. The Sooners are now number four. It's always funny to watch winners fall in the early poll. Well, that's how good that the voters the are saying Georgia Bowl, is. Yeah, Georgia win was um, very Based good. on their win. Uh, North Carolina fell to number 24. A bit surprised by that result um, against Virginia Tech. Old Mac did not and look like he was. Mac Brown admitted postgame. He's like, look, we were overrated. We were overrated tonight. It was great. Yeah, he, he said confused. it was a lofty, yeah, lofty a expectations, times. and uh, they did not match it. He was very honest about it. Two scenes that were amazing to watch was Inner Sandman on Thursday night for that game, or Friday night, between Virginia Tech and North Carolina was an awesome scene. And then jump around for Wisconsin and Penn State uh, was great. On the other end. College college football is definitely back with that. On the other end of the spectrum, a scene that was not amazing to watch, UConn, where it went from Randy Etzel will retire at the end of the season to, (laughs) to Randy Etzel is leaving immediately. Lou Spanos, who was linebacker coach here with the Titans for a few years, is now in charge. There is a tweet going around that shows him trying to fire up the troops during their loss this weekend, where he's screaming furiously at the gang and then puts his arm out for everybody to put their arm in. No one puts their arm in. It's, Half an, the players it's an amazing club. Away. This is a team that is completely and utterly lost, uninterested, uninvolved. Whoever has to put that thing back together after this year, Dan Orlovsky's name being mentioned. I don't know why you would go from cozy TV studios and broadcast gig to trying to piece that egg back together. You've got to really love your alma mater. If you're Dan Orlowski and you want to take on that challenge with the gig Ooh. that he has right now. Clark Lee's calling him right now. Hey, man, yeah. don't do it. Hey. <laughs> this, don't video, do it. this video is a Saturday, uh, night, night, I would have Saturday night Live skit. ESPN is your Notre Dame. <laughs> I would have stayed at Notre Dame. <laughs> Just stay there. Don't, don't do it like Billy Madison with don't a kid. Do it. Don't ever say that you want to grow up with a kid in Come on, everybody, hands in. No? No? We okay, okay. I'm, I'm laughing at the AD at UConn just saying, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll do it at the end of the year. And then an hour later, I say, you know what? Let's just do it GTFO now. right now. We'll, we'll do it now. Retire. Just get out of here right now, please. Really uh, bad. Top five, just to round it out. I mentioned Oklahoma's at four. Top five, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M is number five in the country. Clemson falls to six, followed by Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Iowa. In the top Big year 10. for the state of Iowa. Auburn gets into the top 25 at 25th overall. So right now the SEC has six top 25 teams in the AP poll. Um, and just scrolling through, Ole Miss is at 20th after last night's beatdown of Louisville. Coming up, we get into the NFL headlines. Week one is upon us. John McClain joins us next on Outkick 360. John. First, though... Aurora Nutriscience and everything that comes with the benefits of the single-use packets that you can get from Aurora Nutriscience and VitalLifeScience.com. I use the vitamin C and the glutathione that I just showed you. I do that daily. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. And you're seeing the website right now. This is where you can see more information. And our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code Outkick 360. You've been thinking to yourself, hey, it, it's time to 
to get some vitamins, time to take some supplements, visit vitalifescience.com. Use the code OUTKICK360 for 15% off. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed, but here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, simple, single-use packets, grab-and-go in the mornings, and Aurora supplements can also help you if you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, if you just want the endless benefits of vitamins and supplements. Aurora supplements are absorbed through the bloodstream, through the GI tract, ensuring it's not wasted like a capsule or pill. Visit vitalifescience.com for more information. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. vitalifescience.com, code OUTKICK360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Pleased to be joined by John McLean of TexasSportsNation.com and the Houston Chronicle, uh, who joins us each week right here on the program to talk all things NFL headlines across the National Football League, AFC South and beyond. John, week one is here. Hope you're doing well. I couldn't be doing better, guys. Thank you. You just got off the phone with Urban Meyer, and you told me during the break, I asked you how it went, you said he was great, and I was admittedly surprised by that answer. Uh, how, uh, tell us about the conversation going into week one where the, the Texans will be hosting the Jaguars. I'm writing a column on Meyer making his debut in the NFL as head coach. I'm writing that column for Thursday. It'll be on our sports website, texasportsnation.com, and Talked to him about certain things about Trevor Lawrence, about himself. Found out something I thought interesting. Uh, Amy Palsic, longtime NFL VP of Communications, was fired by the Texans three-fourths of the way through last season. Very unpopular decision. She was hired by the Jaguars for the same position. And I told him, because she set up the interview, I'd known her since 1990, so well, I've known her since 87, when I was a GA at Ohio State with her dad, who was a coach on the staff, and I checked it, she was eight years old, so I told her it's a good thing you didn't throw up on him when you were a kid, and, and they get along great, and uh, he is, he is uh, can't say he's in for the long haul, of course, he's only looking at the first game, but everybody is interested to see how Urban Meyer will do. Will they be terrible in the first season, as Jimmy Johnson was with the Cowboys, 1-15 in, in 1989? Will he be like Nick Saban and be gone after two or three years and not be happy? Or will he be like uh, Jimmy Johnson turned out to be, a Super Bowl winning coach? And there's a lot of intrigue in this game, certainly not because of the Texans, but because of Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012. I'm a little intrigued from the Texans' point of view, John, in that I don't see too many opportunities for them to win this year, and this could be one of them catching the Jaguars at the beginning before they get their footing and dig into what Urban Meyer's teaching them and before they get the roster that he wants. How are you sizing up this week one game? Bill goals, and I picked the Texans to win 1917. I picked the Texans to start two and one. I think they'll beat Carolina and Sam Darnold here after they lose on the road to Cleveland. 
They play five games against rookie quarterbacks, including the Jaguars, twice. Last year they had one against a rookie quarterback. This year they start against Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold last year. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Ben Roethlisberger, which is one reason they started 0-3, and then they lost to Kirk Cousins to be 0-4, and and Bill O'Brien was fired, and that's why David Culley is here. So they play Zach Wilson with the Jets. They play Mac Jones with the Patriots. By the time they play their last road game, they'll play against Trey Lance in San Francisco. So uh, they've got a chance to win a few games against bad quarterbacks, and uh, this would – course i mean i'm sorry not bad quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks or bad quarterbacks like sam Darnold. he may be great under joe brady in carolina but he was 38 the passer rating last year yeah. that's pretty bad and uh so i i'm really fired up to see trevor lawrence i watched him at clemson uh saw him win a national championship everybody say about him what they said about andrew luck after his freshman year whenever he comes out he will be first overall pick and they were right on both accounts john how we've discussed a lot with you deshaun watson and and houston we know he's going to be inactive on game day how has tarod taylor handled this entire situation throughout the last month or so oh he's been great he's been here since march he's been the starting quarterback since march when we've asked him about watson he says all the right things what deshaun watson is doing right now he's coming to work every day He's uh, going to meetings. He's working out uh, in the weight room, doing everything he's supposed to do physically. We can't watch practice anymore, so don't know if he's coming out there and throwing the ball around like he did in preseason. Sometimes he was in the building during practice. Sometimes he was on the rehab field, so we don't know. All I know is they're going to carry him on the roster. People act like that's a big deal. It's It's the last place on the roster. He'll be an active on game days and he'll get paid ten point five four million as base salary. And then whenever somebody makes him the offer that general manager Nick Casario wants, they'll trade him and there's a much better chance of that happening next year. John McLean with us from the Houston Chronicle. John, barring a setback, Dak Prescott is is starting for Dallas on Thursday night as the Cowboys visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the season opener for the NFL. With a healthy Dak Prescott, with a healthy Ezekiel Elliott, where do you stack the Cowboys amongst the NFC best? And ultimately, what do you think happens with the Cowboys as this season progresses? Because everyone's picking the Bucks to win week one. Jonathan, the NFC is not as good as the AFC is, not as competitive as the AFC. And I think Dak Prescott will play really well. I think they'll win the NFC East, maybe win a playoff game at home as they did two years ago when they beat Seattle. And I think they'll lose a divisional game on the road, but they could win a division, you know, with a with a ten and seven record. They could win it with a nine and eight because it's still a terrible division, still maybe the worst in the NFL. But uh, as far as Tampa Bay and Dallas in that first game, Cowboys defense—they're kind of like the Titans. If their defense improves they're going to be a whole lot better. And I think the Titans are going to run away with the uh, AFC South because I do think the defense will be better. And I'm amazed when I see all these people that are picking the Colts to win the division with Carson Wentz, which makes no sense to me right now. You think, here's Ryan Tannehill, 33 touchdown passes, seven rushing, seven interceptions. That's 40-7 and seven 
Carson Wentz had like 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and a 72 rating. Plus, he's not vaccinated. Plus, he was hurt. So why would anybody think the Colts were going to be better than the Titans? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, and John, I'm glad you brought up the Colts because that's who I wanted to to discuss their matchup with you uh, this week against Seattle. I mean, that's a tough opener with the Seahawks coming to town to take on the Colts. What do you think about that game featuring an AFC South team? Chad, like I picked uh, the Rams to win that division. Seattle won it last year. Rams got a wild card. Rams went to Seattle and beat them in the playoffs. As long as Russell Wilson is playing, the Seahawks are capable of beating anybody. Their left tackle, Dwayne Brown, who was holding in, they they did something to his contract, gave him some roster bonuses in the form of signing bonuses so he wouldn't be embarrassed about all that time he missed. He's back. Don't know if he'll step right in. He's 36 years old and not skip a beat. You know, they're, they got to come up with a running game to help put some of the onus on another part of the offense besides Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I'm picking, uh, I'm picking the Seahawks to win that game. Because after everything I've seen and heard and read about Carson Wentz, you know, maybe he'll have a great season and be comeback player of the year. Maybe Dak Prescott, my personal choice is Jameis Winston. But I'm I think the Colts could go nine and eight, something like that. They could go ten and seven, but I don't think they're good enough to beat the Titans for the AFC South title. Video out, uh, John, of Tom Brady talking so eloquently about the changes that have been made that favor the the offense that shouldn't, uh, saying that there should be consequences for a quarterback throwing a ball across the middle that result in a punishing hit on a defender and really expounding on ideas like that, taking away from rules that benefit him, the kind of thing that the league should should air out before they make changes like this what, what do you think of the things that he said this we had another one about the numbers uh, and how he thinks the number changes aren't very fair in terms of offenses identifying who's who's out there doing what but a, a couple of really eloquent things from him makes you want to hear more from him I think yeah well we don't hear much more maybe it's because he's an elder statesman now at his age but and he also said he refrained from throwing balls over the middle against Baltimore because he didn't want his his receivers to get killed by Ray Lewis. He can't do that anymore. You know, you can't make those bone crushing hits uh, above the shoulder pads to the head like they used to. You know, it was a time in the NFL, DBs could pad up their arms and uh, hit, hit any receiver in the head coming across the middle, could take out their knees, do anything they wanted. But all the rules are designed to help the offense because people want to see offense. And Brady averaged 31 points a game in the playoffs last year in those four playoff victories, including a Super Bowl conquest of Kansas City and Tampa. So uh, I like to hear him talk, too. But the truth is people want to see offense, not defense. Your Super Bowl pick out yet? You gave us a hint last time we talked to you, and uh, and we know it's an AFC team that hasn't been there before, I think you said. Oh, which, John told us this last week. Oh, okay. Cleveland Browns. What uh, what kind of reaction have you gotten to that pick, and how much is it about the, the depth of their roster that makes you like the Browns to emerge from a very deep AFC field? Paul, I picked the Browns over the Packers, and the Packers are a no-brainer for a lot of people. I didn't pick Tampa because it's just so hard to repeat as Super Bowl champions today. 
last one to do it was Tom Brady, and they very well could do it, but the Packers have been one step short the last two years. You know, Aaron Rodgers probably thinks or hopes this is his last year in Green Bay, so you're going to get the best of him again. But the reason I took the Browns is their roster is as talented as any in the NFL. They got a great offensive line. They got two good running backs. You have to run the ball in Cleveland because you're next to Lake Erie and the wind blows so much, and that's when the temperature's good. And so you have to run the ball. That's why you're never going to see a Cleveland quarterback put up great numbers passing because you just can't do it. Their defense is good. They're loaded in the secondary like no other franchise. They got a really good pass rush led by Miles Garrett. And I just wanted to be different. I didn't want to pick Kansas City again. I didn't want to pick Buffalo. But then I see some others that picked the Browns, too, not to win it. But mainly I did it just to be different. Browns over the Packers. Will I be surprised if they don't? No. Will I be surprised if they do? Yes. But I'll sure be happy. John, a lot of hype in L.A. You mentioned the Rams, your pick to win the NFC West. Are you buying the Chargers as a playoff team in the AFC? I saw a thing yesterday breaking down rosters that had the Chargers with the eighth best roster in the NFL. And maybe they do. Justin Herbert, they hope, doesn't have a sophomore slump. I think they're better than the the second best team in that division, but they're not anywhere close to the Chiefs. But uh, I, I'm really excited to see what Herbert does in his second season because he was so terrific as a rookie. And and uh, L.A., you know, Chargers are good. The Rams are going to be real good. Matthew Stafford feels right at home with the Rams. No running game, just like he had with the Lions because of injuries. And I think Steph, I believe that Matthew Stafford will be a candidate for MVP uh, because I think he's going to do really well with Sean McVay. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to win the division, maybe a playoff game. But uh, I think the Chargers will be a playoff contender, but not as good as the Rams. Both those teams come to Houston. I wish that both of them, at least one of them, played at home against the Texans because I want to see that stadium. John, we've spent a lot of time talking both with you and on the show about the rookies that will be starting up front for the Kansas City Chiefs on that offensive line. And and the unofficial depth charts that were released across the league yesterday uh, in these media packets previewing these games, it's interesting to see what's going on in Pittsburgh where they have four rookies as offensive starters uh, across their their starting 11 uh, with – Two on the offensive line, Kendrick Green, who's a a third-round pick, I believe, from Illinois. They have fourth-round pick, Dan Moore, from Texas A&M. And Green, by the way, is a starting center in front of Ben Roethlisberger. We all know Najee Harris is starting in the backfield. And then Pat Pat Fryermuth is is a co-offensive starter at tight end with Eric Ebron in that 12-personnel set. Should we be spending more time on the youth of Pittsburgh. We're discussing a lot of the veteran stance that they have, how we expect them to be there in one final run for Big Ben. What do you think of the makeup of this team right now? I've been saying uh, ever since the draft that Najee Harris is my choice for Offensive Rookie of the Year just because the Steelers were 31st in rushing. And they've been a great rushing team throughout the last 40 years. That was very unusual to see them that bad. And I think they'll run the ball a lot better. 
But man, what they're missing up front is Mike Munchak. You know, he left Pittsburgh for Denver. Their offensive line has gone down the toilet. They've lost players. They've let players go. Now they're rebuilding up front. To me, that's not exactly what you want for a quarterback as old as Ben Roethlisberger is. I'm sure he was. They had brought in some veterans up front. Maybe it'll work out, but I don't have them in the playoffs. I think they could win ten games and finish ten mm-hmm. and seven, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, especially being that green on offense. J.C. Treader, the president of the union again pushing for more frequent testing of the vaccinated we think that the problem could be solved by less frequent testing of the vaccinated and by less frequent we mean none where where do you stand on this they could really put themselves in a worse jam than last year with a with an outbreak quote unquote like the titans just had uh, all in the name of really focusing on protecting the guys who are choosing not to get vaccinated rather than just proceeding with the guys who are vaccinated uh, and have no symptoms going about their business. I read J.C. Trader's column on the NFLPA's website, and you're right. You know, he's trying to help the unvaccinated. The union could should have come out and backed the NFL said everybody's got to be vaccinated, and if players wanted to show their stupidity, and uh, and how hard-headed they were and their ignorance, let them do it. And I think that it, if you got vaccinated, you were told you don't get tested every day. You're going to be tested every 14 days. Okay, you got vaccinated. Now it's every seven days. Now they're saying that you're going to have to get tested every day if the union has its way. Well, then you say, well, then why did I get vaccinated? I think that's exactly right. They're going about it backward. And I think that uh, the unvaccinated are going to cause problems in the NFL this season and possibly losing some games. Well, with the vaccinated players, um, you know, we saw it last night, for instance, with Ole Miss. Uh, Lane Kiffin tested positive. He's got 100% of his roster vaccinated. He tests positive, and based on contact tracing in the NFL uh, <laughs> and, and the testing policy that the NFL is trying to implement, there's a chance that there's more of a ripple effect in the NFL than there would be in college football because Kiffin's in the same room, for instance, with with his quarterbacks on a daily basis, hourly basis in some cases. Uh, Imagine what that would do to Ole Miss's roster, for instance. Everybody played, by the way, last night, except for Kiffin, who wasn't in Atlanta. What would that, I mean, that, that could cripple an NFL roster if they start daily testing for the vaccinated players who did it so they would be available on game day. That's why they got 16 practice squad players. That's why they got veterans on the practice squad. That's why they can protect four weeks. Hypothetically, though, John, what you're saying is the unvaccinated will keep teams from playing games, even though vaccinated players test positive. This policy would mandate that vaccinated players, even if a team is 100% vaccinated, that they would be tested on a daily basis. So the unvaccinated, in this case, would be zero, and they would still be prevented from having players available on game day. 
Right, and it makes no sense, and it's going to cause problems on rosters this season. And if it takes money out of players' pockets, that's when things can get dicey behind the scenes because if you want to hurt a player, losing's one thing, but if you take money out of his wallet, he's going to react harshly, and I think that could happen. You know, what if Kirk Cousins tests positive? Or, and that what's that going to do to Minnesota with Mike Zimmer's job on the line? That's another thing, but – uh, I don't understand why players won't get vaccinated. I'm with Michael Irvin, who started saying, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not doing everything you can to help your team win. Well, 93% of players have been vaccinated, right? Right. They're 93% of the league, that, so we're talking about 7% at this point. That counts practice squad players, too. And you would imagine guys who were in danger of being on the practice squad and getting cut they might have, their agents, of course, would have told them, you better get vaccinated. Oh, you don't sure. want to not get vaccinated, keeping you from getting a job. So I'm curious, if you take out all the practice squad players, then what percentage do we have? We don't see that, and we may never know it. But I would think practice squad players, if they had a lick of sense, would have gotten vaccinated. John, um, for those that are that are tuned in listening on the podcast and they don't know about the 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 salary cap structure and what week one means for guaranteed money versus if you sign after week one there are several veterans well-known veterans who remain unsigned not on a roster currently that we may see pop up on a roster after week one is played why would that be explain that for the fans if you're on the roster your salary for the season is guaranteed if they wait till afterward then you don't guarantee their salary, whatever they get, they get paid. I don't think it's over the 17 weeks. I think I read where they're paying them now over 30-something weeks. Yeah, that's right. So it wouldn't be as big, uh, like everybody's talking about the money T.J. Watt will miss if he's not there for the first game and they choose to find him a game check. It's not as much as it would have been in the past, And uh, but it all has to do with salaries being guaranteed. So they're paid every two weeks now. Essentially, no. They're paid. They're paid into the spring, so it's spread out more, so that you can't blow your 17 game checks in 17 weeks. You can blow them over the course of 32 or 34 weeks, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Players have to have that done for them to keep them from blowing their money, even though the union and the league and the teams do everything they can to set them up with everybody that they need to be set up with to help them spend their money wisely. And boy, I'm thinking when I was that age, I wish I'd had like That's 10 amazing. or 20 million. If you think I would have it. it too. That's pretty amazing if you think about it, that the union is actually asking the league to slow down how fast money goes in guys' pockets. Think about that. They need you to help me manage Owners my money. Owners continue to earn interest with the extra weeks yeah. too on that money, I'm sure. That's crazy. Yeah. John, finally, you, uh, I brought up that, that signing question. You think Cam Newton's on a roster after week one somewhere? Uh, if he got vaccinated, if he's not vaccinated, it means he has to wait five days when he's trying out for a team. I don't think anybody would sign him unless they see him throw because they say since that shoulder surgery two years ago, he doesn't throw the ball like he used to. I think because of the shortage of quarterbacks, he'll be on a roster at some point. And if he's got a lick of sense, he better get yep. vaccinated. John, as always, thank you. We look forward to this each Tuesday with you. Have a great week. Enjoy week one. What year is this that you're kicking off? Uh, let's see. Go, whatever, going back to 77, whatever 
that would be. It's like my birthdays. I quit counting. Yeah, well, I don't want to date you either. So we'll just say four plus decades for the general, the man in black, John McClain. <laughs> TexasSportsNation.com, HoustonChronicle.com. We love having him on Outkick 360. John, thank you as always. We'll check, we'll check in with you next week. We'll be recapping all the games. Jonathan, Paul, and Chad, thank you guys very much as always. I thank do you appreciate him. it. You John know, you can McClain. tell the age of a tree by counting the rings. <laughs> You cut it. I think if you looked at John, where are you over this? If you looked under John's Hall of Fame hat and counted oh, yeah. sweat rings, that's how you can actually. That's carbon dating for those that aren't Hutton the science and I out were there. Both know exactly rings, how old huh? he is. John yeah. and uh, Hutton and I were both holding our breath to see where you were going with yeah. that. Even Reed was holding his breath over I'm there. I'm not going to bear anybody on that. these airwaves. No, Don't but worry. you could have gone a lot of directions that could have towed the line to different degrees, right? True. Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, hang with us. Uh, more coming. We'll tell you about some restructuring across the NFL cap-wise uh, for, for money. It includes a Titan. That will lead us into the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll be previewing Titans and Cardinals today. We also talk Vols and Commodores. It's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. The OutKick 360 Daily Parlay with FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is how you can join us tonight if you're a first-time user details on NFL week one straight ahead but first the parlay we're playing tonight five team parlay tonight and here are the details as we start in Major League Baseball Tampa Bay yesterday they went on to that was a wild game against Boston overcoming a huge deficit absolutely depleting the Boston bullpen which also continues to deal with COVID issues last week we used Tampa in a parlay and they burned us this week we bounced back with Tampa Bay on the money line. Atlanta was off yesterday. Washington was not. The Nationals' bullpen has thrown a ton of innings in recent games. The Braves have a huge starting pitching advantage with Max Fried going against a National starter who's been awful. And uh, in San Francisco and the, the, the Giants, it's all about starting pitching. Logan Webb for, for San Francisco absolutely lights out. Uh, the Rockies, uh, they've been the opposite. England. England and Belgium for some soccer aficionados out there. These games will play tomorrow morning prior to when we take the air, so I'm including them as well. England has brought their A game to the European qualifiers the last week. Uh, no reason to think they won't do it again and pick up another win. Belgium, meanwhile, huge favorite. Is it Lukaku or Lukaku? Lukaku. Um, their star continues to dominate, and we throw them in just for fun because, you know, we could use a little extra. They're going to win this a, game. He's a Chelsea guy now, so that's big. That's also Chad's nickname, Lukaku. Yes, or Lukaku. I answer to both. <laughs> Lukaku, Lukaku, tomato, tomato. Either one works. Seen, if the baseball end of this parlay hits tonight, yeah. I'm going to be very excited as I fall asleep tonight. <laughs> Getting ready to wake up to see what happened between England and, and Belgium. But hang on, matches. Chad. If a tie, excitement's going to be high when yeah, I fall asleep. If a draw Chad's ruins this draw. parlay, your thoughts? I will wake up, take this phone right here in my right hand, and throw it through my bedroom window. England, Poland could draw, and I will curse soccer for the rest of my life. Uh, Fanduel, new users. The NFL is here. They're they're giving you even more reasons to sign up and join us at Fanduel.com/slash/OK360. 40 to 1 odds, 40 to 1 odds on any NFL team to win opening weekend. It's a straight money line bet. You pick the winner to have 40 to 1 odds. You bet $5, you can win $200. You sign up, you deposit $10, and it's got to be your first bet. 
Sign up at FanDuel.com slash OK360. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. Let's just say the parlay is about to get heated up because we're going to have Thursday night game, yes. a Monday night game, we're gonna have Friday going Wednesday into the weekend. Also. Big Mac games and college football. Yeah, and Friday going into the weekend with college and pro mix. Whoever gets the Friday parlay is going to be in heaven. Paul, did we fill the last fantasy spot for tomorrow We night? are full. We are now full up. Tomorrow night, fantasy football draft. Looking forward to it. Full league at this point, right? Full league. Good. Uh, we could use a, a backup. So Okay. If you'd like to be a standby, a stand-in, you, uh, you can An join understudy. Us. An understudy, that's right. Uh, you can also join us tonight right here at 6th and Peabody, our broadcast studios here uh, with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, for a benefit concert for the Waverly Flood Victims. Uh, it's, it's a great songwriter's evening. Craig Campbell, Jason Seaver, Chris Weaver, Chase Beckham, Tiffany Goss, Kanan Smith, Will Nance, and more. It is a free charity concert tonight starting at 7 p.m. All proceeds to the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. And you're asking, okay, it's a free event. Where are the proceeds coming from? The proceeds are coming from a portion of tonight's sales with moonshine and with beer. And also there will be a donation area that will be accepted tonight through Sunday. So this is going on all week. We're kicking this off tonight here at 6th and Peabody to benefit the Waverly flooding victims at 6th and Peabody with a great songwriters night. And, and thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the songwriters you see on the screen. They are donating their time uh, and their voices and, and their gift uh, to join us tonight, all of them. So uh, a big shout out to each and, one, each and every one of them for, for being willing on short notice uh, to join us tonight at 6th and Peabody. Our, our gift is our knowledge and broadcasting ability, but we're paid to give you that gift they are giving their gift for free out of the goodness of their own hearts and for charity. Which I give is the remarkable. gift of not taking the stage. I say despite that completely with sarcasm, by the despite way. Despite the fact that I have a beautiful voice, I our yield gift, to these people. Our gift is not putting Jacob Swanson on stage tonight. Dad's yes. acid wanted to headline this. <laughs> Well, Very badly, but it's an acoustic show. Again, you mean Morgan Wallen, the lady walked in who thought that Travis, Travis Tritt, Tritt, Jacob was Morgan Wallen. Biggest surprise of last week in Knoxville, Paul, uh, Jacob did not wear the whores shirt. Which we, we thought was a real missed opportunity at that point. Was he, wear wearing that shirt a, was he wearing a bolo tie? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was your standard Jacob Swanson attire. Yeah. Had the jean vest on. Horse yeah. was in the laundry. I guess. I, no, he just, horse were in the laundry. No, he, he decided just, against it. He said, "He goes, I just decided not to bring it." He, he thought the low key. You could tell he it was very defeated. There were some losses in the way that he said it, knowing it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you guys were right. This was the perfect place to wear it, <laughs> and I didn't wear it. The real, real missed opportunity." There were some bosses around, right? That hasn't stopped him before. No. <laughs> I really don't think they would have cared either. I think they would ask where he bought it. <laughs> they would have seen it. Hey, where can I get it? Here's how it worked. It, there, it, oh, this guy's with you? Oh, okay, he's cool. He's fine. Yeah, he's good. That's, that's how it worked. And he did the vice versa for us, setting up. We got there to the bar, and uh, we walked in for the first day. And they tried initially, they tried to kick Chad and I out. They were like, hey, guys, we're not open until a certain amount. Because we were there three hours before they opened. And we're like, oh, yeah. We're the Jacob, Jacob was like, hey, they're, they're going on air. And what, they turned around and said something like, oh, yeah, of course, they, yeah, of course, idiot. You know, they're talking well, to each I, other. Uh, I walked in to use the bathroom and just to see the stage set up in this place. And uh, a bartender who, funny enough, actually looked just like Morgan Wallen, was walking around yeah, with a did. mullet and walked right up to me and said, hey, uh, 
not sure what you're doing, but we're not, we're not open yet. <laughs> and I just turned to him and said, yeah, I know. I'm doing my show right out front here. He said, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. And then the other bartender guy was like, you're a moron for asking that question yeah. to him. Because he just thought I just wandered in off the street and was walking around as they were setting up. You're a moron. Coming up, we discuss all things Tennessee in the Tennessee Power Hour. It is game week for the Tennessee Titans for the 2021 kickoff at Nissan Stadium on September the 12th, this Sunday. Titans and Cardinals will get you up to speed on all the headlines surrounding that team. Plus, the Tennessee Vols begin preparations for Pitt. Uh, we'll discuss why the Panthers right now, they are what, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This opened as a two-point line. The first I saw was one-and-a-half, and it's, and now, it's now, now gone to three-and-a-half. Yeah, it's yeah. now moved to three-and-a-half. We'll discuss that and where we would bet that game right now based on what we've seen. And the Vanderbilt Commodores, who lost and were beaten down by a, an FCS opponent, ETSU. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.